Are you happy? Magic Seeds takes a good look at everyday challenges and gives solid advice on how to navigate through them, be it relationships, career, parenting, or just not feeling happy inside. I'm Dr. Adam Grise. And I'm Laura Grise. Please join us weekly to discuss everyday situations that seem to be getting in the way of feeling happy and peaceful. We'll provide magic seeds and a reliable roadmap for you to follow to stay on a healthy path for your life. Welcome back to Magic Seeds. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Adam. Aw, your voice sounds very sweet. Thank you. So much feedback about your voice. You hate your voice so much. <laughs> and yet everyone who talks to me is like, oh my God, Laura's voice. She could have her own podcast. I think maybe they're just trying to push me out. No, my friends from home and from college, everybody has said it doesn't sound like you, which is really interesting, I think. There you go. Mm-hmm. You should just walk around with this setup now. I guess so. (laughs) I tell them there's a lot you can do with technology. (laughs) It sounds the same to me. It sounds the same to me. Very annoying. Like a chipmunk. Like a chipmunk. You think you sound (laughs) like a chipmunk. All right. Well, what do you got for us, Karch? Okay. We are talking about rituals today. And I'm really excited about this one. Me too. Yeah, I know. You're the one who came up with the idea. (laughs) (laughs) So when you did say this, I thought it was an excellent idea. And then I started getting a little lost in the shuffle because the idea that I had for ritual, and then when I looked it up and thought of what mainstream things of ritual, it really threw me off course because ritual to me just means something that's consistent every day, a practice like we doesn't do even have to yoga. be every day, right. just consistent, but something consistent, a rhythm right. to it. And I'm a really big believer in that, and I teach that because the way your brain waves are, you want to create healthy rituals. Because when your brain gets into autopilot and we operate, I think it's 77% of the day on autopilot and you want to create something that's very healthy, a healthy ritual, if you're operating that much of your life on autopilot, right? If you're operating on those kinds of brain waves. So I know you want to say something here. I always want to say something. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Just because I'm salivating and dripping on the table? Yes, exactly. Okay. So anyway. With these rituals, okay, we're constantly in life. Our goal is trying to get past our mind, right? This unruly mind. The mind, it plays an important role, obviously. I mean, yes, I think for most of us, because our mind is so filled with, like you're saying, crap that we haven't (laughs) consciously signed off on. Right. Yeah. Most of us, like 99% of us are trying to slowly unwind what's in the mind and reestablish what's there. But ultimately the mind is everything. Like we don't want to move past it. We just want to clean it up. But we want to retrain. We want to retrain the mind. Big time. So Sounds in, like we need a ritual. <laughs> in the retraining of the mind, you do create a ritual and it takes practice. It's like any other skill, right? And you want to get past the mind to get to the true self. So it's a constant getting past the mind, getting to the true self. Okay, then the mind goes back. Get past the mind, go back to the true self. So you're creating a ritual, a daily ritual, right? So, and like I said, you want to obviously teach yourself a healthy way instead of an unhealthy way. So we're going to talk about the healthy ways and maybe some of the funny things that we do that's not so healthy and maybe some of the not so funny things that we do that's not so healthy. That's the thing. There's whether we like it or not, we're all engaging in rituals. The question is, how conscious are we of the rituals we're partaking in? Right. And are they serving us or are they not? Our job as parents, if you think about it, 
And this is, I talk about people and whichever one people like to kind of use as an archetype when I say, hey, you have to be the parent to yourself or you're the king of your kingdom or the queen of your queendom or you're the CEO of this company. Queendom, like it. Like, of course you like it. (laughs) Okay. Of course. (laughs) The pendulum must swing. (laughs) Hopefully we could just drop all of that in both ways. So. Queendom. Queendom. The queen and the king. About. I get into a conversation with someone who's very religious, right? Yes. And they're like, talk about God as him. And I'm like, what? Whoa. I'm like, no. I'm like, that's ridiculous to me. How can he have a gender? That just doesn't even make any sense to me. And that's a man's world. See, but here's the thing, right? But then people be like, no, it's a woman. And I'm like, that's just as ridiculous. (laughs) At nighttime, when I sing to the girls and you know the song, he's got the whole world in his hands and they stopped me right away. The very first time I ever sang that song, mom, can you change it to she's got the whole world in her hands? Sure. (laughs) And that's the song for how many years now? There is a lot of unwinding. This is a perfect example. It becomes ritualistic, right? Like it was total patriarchal man's world, right? Woman is this, I don't even know what, like a secondary character. I mean, just it's so foreign to me, but like, yes, definitely a world where it's man dominates and then Mm -hmm. it could so easily become misogynistic in that way. And it did. And it did. And it still is. Like that, is. that ritual is still part of people's makeup. Yes. And whether they even believe it or not, or consciously partake in it, it's just kind of part of it. And that's like what we're going through now culturally is this like, yes. wait a second. I just cannot wait till we get to the other side where it's not like this. No, men suck. Like enough of the man. Like, I don't can we know just move past gonna, all of this? I don't know if we're going to come to the other side because if then- we don't, then we have failed as a culture, like we have to transcend this I mean, whole gender thing. I mean, that is why the non-specific gender. Of course, that's why. Is, right. So and that's the it, balance. I just guess. to the point where it doesn't have to be so charged. Where, right. Exactly. Where women know they're all equal, where men know there is no difference right. in terms of there's no hierarchical advantage or right. disadvantage. Let's move on. Let's right? move on. Like yeah. we're all the same and we all bring different things to the table and there is no better or worse. And there's it just it's let's silly. let power be divided equally in that sense. Right. Like don't be on a power trip. It's okay. silly. We're, okay. We're, we're, we're so done. let's move past that. <laughs> But kind of in terms of the ritual, right? Like now all of a sudden we're establishing rituals. And like you're saying, they're even showing up in laws, like with gender stuff. Right. And it's like, then the question is, huh, these new rituals, they're there to counterbalance something. But ultimately, I don't feel they're very balanced as the landing spot. So mm-hmm. even in that sense, even as we're changing our own rituals for our lives, we're like ritual would be, say, in 1950s to have two eggs a day. And then in the 70s, and I'm making up yeah, these right, years, it's like, right. no, eggs are bad, cholesterol. And then that becomes a ritual. And then ritually, we all start eating soy or something. And then they realize that's not a good ritual. But we're always trying to establish the healthier ritual. And let's get to the place that we can actually land on something. And that's a lot of what we do. And we're about to, maybe this isn't making this evergreen, <laughs> we're about to launch our membership site, right? Yes, we are. And that's kind of the genesis of this ritual thing. It's like, if we're going to choose better thoughts, If we're going to choose a way to live, let's not just haphazardly go into a pendulum swing or go into an anti-negative to create a positive. Let's choose something that really is all-encompassing, something that's, if we're talking about a ritual of how to care for ourselves, start with it on a basis of unconditional acceptance, unconditional love, support, and valuation. And then we're talking about a ritual that we can maintain and build upon. I was going to say that is I feel like we've got to go all the way back to square one. 
and take care of ourselves, right? Instead of everything else that's going on with the gender and blah, blah, blah. It's come back and blah, blah, blah. 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 Well, everything else, but come back to the start. We all have to scratch the pad and come back to ourselves. And it's about self-care and yes, loving ourselves. But what does that mean? Like, what does that even look like? What does it look like? Right. Right? What does self-care mean? What does tending to ourselves look like in a healthy way? What's the purpose of caring for ourselves? Right. And that we've talked about this before where caring for ourselves can be looked at as selfishness, like Mm -hmm. you're taking care of yourself. But I've gone through those stages, especially early on with the kids. But it's so important. And it's how if you start the day off that way, if you can start the day off with some kind of healthy ritual, self-care, I mean, first of all, that goes back all the way to ancient wisdom, right? I mean, that's what they do. Ayurvedic health, Chinese health, they have all these self-care rituals early in the morning that have existed for thousands of years for a reason. Because if you set yourself straight and you're nice and balanced, you go into the world balanced. And that spreads itself. Well, when right? you go in, when you go into that autopilot, and I always say like for us, I used to say it was 10 p.m. Adam because there was no way I was waking up early. So that was right. my only chance to like connect inward and set my agenda for the next day and make sure that it was coming from a place that was inspiring me, but yet setting an order that mm-hmm. I wanted to maintain a ritual. Now I call it 5 a.m. And that becomes so important in terms of being able to not just set the order, But again, establish that inspiration point. Like, why am I doing this? If I say self-care, how many people are like, I'm doing self-care because I want to lose 50 pounds because I want to look this way because I want someone to be attracted to me. Mm. It's like the why is so important for these rituals. Mm. So it's not just the order. And when I was saying before, like whether you say I'm the parent to myself, I'm the CEO of my company or I'm the king of queen of my queendom kingdom, it's you're doing that. You're positioning yourself in that role. You have two objectives as that leader. It's to maintain order. Those are the rituals and maintain inspiration. And you have to do both. You can't do one or the other. It has to be both. And if you do that, like you're saying, 77% autopilot. I always say 5 a.m. Adam is the king and every other Adam is just playing out the role. It's like the order has been decreed Mm -hmm. from the king. And now 2 p.m. Adam is just following the script. King told me to do this. That's it's, the autopilot. I trust trip. the king, right? And it's yes. just like, I'm not here to say, what does 2 p.m. Adam want? What does he not want? If I do something at 2 p.m. that I decreed at 5 a.m., my job is to follow it on autopilot in that sense and see how the king, how I said, Adam, you can have fun with this. Right. I know usually you feel pressure when we do this. Hey, I just want to see how this is. Just try to have fun and practice it. Then at when I'm doing it the next day at 5 a.m. and I'm about to set my ritual, I check back right? The, the recapitulation. Absolutely. And it's like, huh, what did 2 p.m. Adam feel when he was doing that project? And that's when I say, huh, he didn't like it. So it's not an option not to do it because I want that feedback. So my 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Adam, the king could be like, oh, huh, I thought I was inspiring 2 p.m. Adam the way I was saying to do that project, but I guess not. And you can make an adjustment. So in that sense, our rituals aren't set in stone. Every day you check in with it and you determine if it is coming from a good place or if it's creating pressure or expectation or judgment. Well, right. And when you are just when the body and the mind and the soul are just waking up in the morning or just falling asleep, those are the ultimate times to do what you're really talking about is setting an intention, right? Setting an intention for the day. But goes much deeper than that. But yeah. 
But right, but it's practice. It's overruling that mind. And when you, and speaking of overruling your mind, when you're just waking up or when you're just falling asleep, you're operating on brain waves that are not the controlling ones that are like the daily tasks of where you have to be alert, you know, the alphas. So when ultimately setting the intention, right when you wake up, not looking at your phone, not checking your emails, not looking at social media, that as you're just starting to open up your eyes, set a, an intention for mm-hmm. the day which I used to think intention was such a fluffy word. So set a goal for the day, but something that can bypass that controlling mind, right? So when you do hop into that autopilot. Again, set the order. So basically look at your day and be like, huh, first of all, what did I learn from yesterday? What did I learn from my whole life? And then set a very specific, like for me, even if I'm going to work and I'm going to be there 11 hours and I'm back to back all day, it's, hey, this is the order for the day. Hey, how am I feeling about that? And if I'm say, oh, I'm just tired today, I'm like, then I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I can't mess with that order, right? This is a ritual that we're partaking in because for the greater good of the kingdom here. But how do I offer that up to myself in a way that makes it enjoyable for me in that sense? So if I'm really tired, it's like, hey, Adam, we're going to do this today because we have to. It's like part of we want to maintain this order for our lives. And if you're not feeling it today, if you're tired, you know what? Go into power saving mode. You only have to give 20% energy in this. And I'm not asking my soul to be front and center, hey, like rah, rah, cheerleader. I just give it to myself in a way. No different than going to the gym. You're not always going to be like January 2nd gym. Right. Energy. So yes. how do you maintain that order? I want to take care of my body. I want to work out. I want to be healthy. But what happens when I don't, I'm not feeling it. How do you maintain rituals when you're no longer in the initial thrust phase? And when you said the next day you start the day off is what did I learn from the day before? At least for Ayurvedic medicine, it's recommended at nighttime. Instead of turning on the TV, instead of getting lost in social media at nighttime before bed, that's the recapitulation, recapitulation. of I your like day, yeah. right? As you're getting out of those controlling brainwaves. And that's where you come back to the heart of totally. the day of what you learned, your lesson. Then you wake up early in the morning and it's also, and I'm going to go buy Ayurvedic medicine because that's my ritual in the morning or that's my ritual during the days is through Ayurvedic medicine. I know you do a lot of Chinese medicine rituals, but in the mornings for Ayurvedic medicine, it's recommended to wake up anywhere between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. Right. And that's because the air is lighter and that's where you gather more energy. So, and it's also recommended not to wake up with an alarm. I don't wake up with an alarm. So this morning, my internal alarm went off at 4.20. Like, all right, I'm all right with getting up at that time. And I slowly get up. I think about what I would like my day to look like. It's also why you stroke out at 7.30 p.m. (laughs) I do stroke at 7 p.m. There she goes. Girl, say goodnight. But then I go right into (laughs) breathing, right? And that's one way to balance out and to calm down the nervous system. I go right into yoga after that. And then I go right into meditation. All of them are calming the nervous system, balancing your life, stimulating energy, and so on and so forth. I feel like we haven't even begun this podcast yet. Like we just entered, like Mm -hmm. we just kind of ran, like I don't even know if it has any order to it right now. But even what you're saying, like your morning routine, because there's always people that will be like, that's not me. I'm not wired that way. I'm a night person. That's just who I am. Or there's no time to do these things. Like you don't know my life. Or I mean, you say it to me. I don't know. I don't have time for this. Or I'll tell you, I don't have time for that. Like it's so easy to fall into that because our lives are so full. They're so crazy. 
And I can tell you without any hesitation, because it was just you have been so steadfast in the way that you handle your routine. And maybe that was born out of the spinal cord injury. Like you just had to, you know what I mean? Like that was your driving force. I always got up really early. Yeah, your whole family is big on that anyway. I I mean, I got up when it was dark, even in junior high, junior high, whatever. Everybody mocks me when I say that. It dates me. It's middle school now. I mean, it's literally labeled Kutztown Junior High. I try to tell people that, but whatever. Wow, you sound very old. <laughs> Why I tell them? This is how it is. But it's called Kutztown Junior. It's not called Kutztown Middle High. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so but no, it, it wasn't been, born out of the spinal cord because I always woke up early. Even better. Like you just had that in. The, the cartridges are very conscious of how they spend their time, yes. right? And for me, I was always a night owl. My mom would stay up. I mean, just I don't even think sleep was part of a ritual for her at all. And my little brother has been chronically like that. He had to have like four alarm clocks in the room that placed all over the room. He'd have a bucket of water beside his bed. So when he stepped out to turn off an alarm, he would step into a bucket of water. Like, what? It was so difficult to wake this kid up. I mean, but was, did, was he going to bed late? Not that late that some people are definitely wired a little differently. I could talk about it from Chinese medical perspective. I mean, your little brother is definitely wired a little bit differently. <laughs> he <laughs> Period. Is. So, but I can tell you, I would never, like I would wake up the last possible second. I wanted to sleep. Sleep is one of my favorite things in the world. Yes. And I enjoyed really just kind of zoning out at night. Like I didn't want to go to bed early. There's a little bit of like. You always needed to get, was it eight hours of sleep? Eight. You're bringing back a memory right now. Like if I got you, seven you one night. Like I would, almost got agita at nighttime if you knew you were not going to be able to get eight hours of sleep. Yeah. Remember that? Uh-huh. For sure. So my whole point here is little by little, it was too big of a stretch to create your ritual for me. Got it. But it got to a point where you were so thin, razor thin on margins that I knew I wasn't taking care of myself. And there's no way I had that energy after work at the end of the day. So I started waking up early, going to sleep earlier and establishing these rituals. It took a while. I don't feel like it took you a while at all. And you've been amazing. I mean, you've been doing it for what, two and a half years now? I don't know, but close to it. Even if I've been doing it that long, like now it's a hundred percent like I can't wait for it. I know. But in the beginning, it was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I believe in this. I mm. want to do this. Doesn't but mean it felt natural. Even after a few days, you feel so good. You feel so good. But here's the thing. You don't want to. You feel so good. But if you're doing it for if what's driving you is that initial push. It's going to go away. It will go away. And when that goes away, you no longer care about how good it feels. You're just feeling like, I'm not motivated to do this anymore. Yeah. And again, if you're only doing it for the feel good part, you're not doing it for the right reasons. That's the why. It has. It's so important. It has to be conscious, like a conscious awareness of coming back to your true self. I mean, that's what self-care is, self-love. Think about life as parents and what's the job? Again, being the parent to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have actual kids, your job is to do the same thing. Maintain order, establish order, I should say, and establish inspiration. And think of how much work as a parent we put in to establishing rituals. Absolutely. Whether it's walking, right? And you just say, go for it, go for it, go for it. And the kid is practicing constantly and they fail constantly. Or you start the ritual of brushing your teeth. At first, you're doing it. You're not even asking them to even pay attention, right? They can't pay attention. They're like nothing. And you're brushing their teeth and they get a little older. And then all of a sudden you say, oh, let's let you try it a little bit. But then you still have to say, okay, time to brush teeth. They get a little older. You start trusting that they can actually do a decent job. 
And even still, though, you have to remind them, right? And this is years in I the mean, making, years in the making. We have to tell the girls every night, go brush your teeth. Go brush teeth, go brush teeth. And then CR was like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> How could I possibly? It's like I'm you like, were just you doing backflips. Literally, <laughs> literally have to do this every night. Totally. <laughs> And so think of how long that ritual takes to establish. And yet it's not an option not to. And that's the point. And then there's, once they get that down, I mean, along the way, how to go to the bathroom on a toilet and then how to wipe yourself. Like these are just rituals. Even how to take care of yourself and eat healthy. That's a constant. That's next level. How to be in relationship to food. Polite. How to be in relationship socially, right? right? How to be fiscally responsible, like how to balance a checkbook back in the day type of thing. These are all rituals that set the foundation for our lives that we don't even think of anymore. But all life is, is one continuum of establishing deeper and deeper rituals. So we're past those obvious ones. And now it's about setting rituals. A, like we go back and realize, oh, shoot, I don't know how to take care of my body. That Mm -hmm. isn't a ritual I establish. So it's not normal for me. So that's going to be annoying and it's going to take a while. Or I don't know how to take care of the books. Or I don't know how to take care of the books. Or I don't write. Absolutely a good call. And think about it. If a child knows how to take care of their hygiene, right? That's a good thing. Social. Wow. Crazy. When they can do that, when they get those rituals down, think about what that affords them. It affords them the chance to expand, to flourish, right? to just go out in life and actually operate on autopilot and reap the benefits and be engaged on the cutting edge of what they want to experience and what they want to manifest. And that becomes so important. So that's all we're doing as adults. Mm-hmm. Our, our membership site, it's just saying, we were like, this one-on-one thing is awesome, but it creates so much space in between. Mm-hmm. And this requires so much attention. Think about a kid, you're training them every day and we're no different. It takes repetition. So trying to create a ritual and that other part, because think about when parents are just overwhelmed. And then you're just like, no, you got to do this, right? Brush your teeth, blah, 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 blah. Or you, how come you didn't, blah, blah, like you flush the toilet after you're done. You got to wash your hands, all that stuff. Like sometimes we could lose that patience and the inspirational component. And as a child, then you grow up and how many of us as adults do things because we feel we have to, or it's bad if we don't. Right. And that's missing the inspirational point. And then we want to reject those things because there's something baked into it that doesn't feel good. I was going to say, you do the opposite of what you were taught. Right? Yeah. So brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) That's the whole ritual component. What's so important is to just realize it's not going to feel good, first of all, or it's Mm -hmm. not going to feel natural. And it's normal to be like, uh, still doing this still doing this. I don't sit there and be like, I'm still flossing every day. Right. I mean, flossing was when I, I'll be straight up. I adopted late into life. I feel like I didn't do that as a child. It was never stressed for us. I don't feel like it was stressed for us either, but I couldn't imagine life without flossing every single day. Well, now day. it it's feels, weird. it would be disgusting. It'd be totally disgusting. You see what comes flying out and you're like, wait a second, <laughs> that was in there? Or if one time you go out of order and you like, you brush your teeth no. first. And then you're like, and then it's you floss and you're like, no. oh I my God. Them again. Right. You're like, oh, there was stuff. So it just doesn't feel right. It took me years for flossing to become like that. Like right. I started doing it and then I wouldn't care if I miss type of thing. And it just be okay with things taking time and layers to develop because that's how we've established every ritual that we've ever incorporated. Right. So there is a fine line between that grace and I'll use exercise as an example for that. 
But when you say that, when you're trying to get into that groove and other ritual and you kind of, or you don't feel like doing it, so you fall off. And there is, and that's something that I've really been trying to grasp, oh, for the better part of maybe two or three years, maybe a little bit longer of if I'm just so tired and I don't feel like working out to give myself that grace. But how long can you give yourself that grace? Right. To build up. When is this inspiration going to come? That's my point of set the. You just said it with your breathing. You just said it with your breathing, right? You said, wow, I haven't really done the breathing exercises in a while. Right. And then today you did it. (laughs) So when we set up that portable little infrared sauna and I was like, oh, this is nice because I can do my meditation. I want to be in there for, say, 20 to 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'll do my Wim Hof. That's about 15 minutes. I'll do meditation, 15 minutes. I just want efficiency, right? Who has the time? And so I was doing my Wim Hof in in the sauna, but you're so hot and you're not as calm. And I was only holding my breath for like maybe a minute, right? Which for me isn't a lot. I'm like 26 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) My lungs are so weak. And there's no like, you should be here, you should be there. But like, I've been doing that for a couple of years now. Uh And my average, I do like three rounds a time, right? Like Uh so a day. And I'll average like two minutes and 47 seconds. That's nuts. Okay. Like for you and maybe for someone else, but maybe, who knows, maybe someone else that's average. Okay. And so I get in, I'm doing a minute. And then I had to realize after a while, like I lost the inspiration to do it because it stunk seeing my average. I'm like, this is, you can like follow it on the app. Like my average is going to go down. I was discouraged. And the cool part about that is it kind of shows me where my ego got attached to that number, to seeing that 248 as an average for me. And so I had to let that die. So while I let it die, I wasn't doing Wim Hof on the daily. Yes. Okay. And to your point, like, so how, what do you do when you lose inspiration? How do you maintain a ritual? And that's where I would say you just do, I mean, for a while I would say, you know what? I am just going to breathe and I'm not going to try to do these like big. Yes. And I just did like normal breathing, which is how it sounds when I hear you doing. I'm like, that's all Laura ever does. I'm like, yeah, my lungs are weak. That's fine. But I allowed myself to And our cat is sitting on my face and I can't breathe (laughs) and I'm allergic. (laughs) It's having that grace, having that ability to not care where you're up to. It's so easy to let the ego get involved, right? If you're working out and at first you're like, yeah, and you feel good, but then you go through a plateau phase and you're not seeing change and either A, you're going to like think you need to up it because I need to see change and then you injure yourself. Or you're going to get discouraged and be like, ah, oh, you know what? Like, you will find a reason not to do it because your ego is so aware of what you're not that it's kind of creating a negative feel, a negative vibe. And so you're going to reject it. So how do you offer something up to yourself that just allows you to say, you know what? I can go through the motions today, but it's not an option not to maintain. I'm queen of plateau, especially for the physical. I just maintain a plateau for years and years and years. And for me, the mental talk is this is a long distance run, not a short distance. I mean, that sets my mind straight all the time. Maybe sometimes if I get discouraged to say, wow, everybody else gets to see these results and they see their improvements and like, what's my drive here? But I mean, I still work out every day. But then it just sets the, it's like a mind reset for me. You're in a long distance run. You're not in a short distance run. But even that, I can say, is there a finish line to that long distance run? No. No. It's just my health. So it's more like this is a devotional. 
Yeah, it's like a lifestyle. That's the point. If you can set for the point of inspiration, if whatever ritual someone out there is wanting to incorporate into your lives, to have the why be, this is a devotional to myself. This is a gift I'm giving myself. I don't care what comes or doesn't come of this. I will use the outcomes to determine if I'm on the right track, if I want to do something differently, if I want to make a change or modify, but I'm not going to let my mind make it about what I see after a certain amount of time. Wow, because it's just, if for nothing else, you're just setting time aside for yourself, finally. But that is not the With all the chaos that goes on. And well, that's what I'm saying. If for nothing else, why does there need to be a why? No, that's the why. I'm just saying that that's not usually people don't have that as why. I think I agree with you. Like, again, if you're going to set up a ritual and you want to make yourself inspired, don't do something that only catches inspiration in the spring season of this. You have to be inspired all the way around, even when you're in a winter and have no desire to do it whatsoever. Your why has to go so deep that it transcends what you're going to see as a result. I meet a lot of people who say in the beginning, before I start working with them, I need a race in order to be consistent with my exercising. Um, Or I need people say they were most fit right before they got married because they got in shape before they got married. Externally motivated. Externally motivated. Right. And I always think, wow, I don't have to set a race or anything like that just to go out for a run or for a bike ride or whatever. But that's just it. Is that external motivation? It's okay. That external motivation. I think once that enters into a person's psyche, then maybe that's a red flag to say, oh, okay, I need the external stimulation, motivation, and take a step back to say, I don't know what they could say, but what is the next step back instead of first becoming aware of, oh, I need external motivation? Okay, what's the next step back to make it easier? If you're living on the branches, and you don't know how to sink into the root of your being, it's going to be really hard to let go of externally motivated goals because if you let go of it, then you're letting the tree wither. You're letting the branches wither. And it's can you have the faith that if you sink back into where you let go of needing to be motivated for a second, right? Right. Because you're so scared. If I let go of my motivation, then I'm going to not do this anymore. I'm like, you have to trust that if you had the motivation to do it to begin with, if you cared enough to get in shape for your wedding, if you cared enough to want to get a certain time in a race or whatever it may be, that you can't fake that energy. You have right. the energy. So it's within you. It's within you. You have right. to trust that if you lose the pressurized, what's the word? Motivation. The pressurized motivation. Right. That naturally you will come from within. And with that energy you have, you can offer it up by saying, like, if it's me, hey, little Adam. I feel your energy, bud. Hey, how would you like to put this into our body? You want to be in better shape? You want to increase our lung capacity? Hey, you want to learn some new things? Hey, okay. If you want that, buddy, I got you. And if you don't, if you're not feeling it right now, then maybe it's because you're telling me you're tired or it's time to, you want to eat instead. You need to be nourished. You have too much crap inside. You need to let go before you bring something in. Right. That's where you can learn what ultimately we teach is that deep ritual of the seasons, that if you can follow the ritual of completing that cycle, that will continue to renew your connection to self and that energy that comes from within. Right. That and, inspiration, it will come. Yeah. And then the chance to consciously offer it to yourself from a place that lets you feel like you can have fun and play in this life 
rather than I'm on a hamster wheel just trying to keep up, right? Yes. There's something I want to say, but I don't really know how to articulate it. But sometimes when I'm with the kids and I feel like I'm not 100% conscious, right? I think, wow, if I were conscious for five minutes, it would be so much more valuable than if I'm with them for three hours and just by going through the motions. Like at the playground on your phone. (laughs) At the playground on your phone. So then bringing that back to what you were saying, take for instance, I've got someone who is normally just this person loves to be active and loves to exercise, always has. And this person is also in later on in life, right? But is going through right now a winter and not so motivated to work out. And this person is also very concerned because I can't say he or she. They. They, that's weird for me to do that. It's like grammatically incorrect, but that's what like they were past that, like 20 years past that. Okay, that's fine. They, (laughs) now I lost my train of thought because it's grammatically incorrect. They're like when they're in winter and they're like scared. They're They're petrified that this is never going to come back Uh and they're going to be lazy or gain weight. And Uh this is not who I am. And I don't want to put on these pounds and all this. And I said to them, there you go. I said to them, all of them, I'm hip. I'm with the tongue. <laughs> ticka, ticka. <laughs> that this was never in you for the 50 years you that you've existed. It. You couldn't have faked right. it for 50 years. It will come back. You just have to really sink into this winter and accept and give yourself some grace and allow your body to, and mind and soul to rest. Because you will get that inspiration back and it might look different how you work out. You might get into something else that you never even dreamed of getting into, but it will come back. You just have to trust that. This is when we start taking people. Thank you for helping me with the pronoun. Yes. (laughs) When we're working with people and inevitably it's always people are very used to spring and summer. Yes. And then they butcher the harvest, right? Because use it as a form of a way to judge ourselves. But autumn and winter, how to incorporate them as ritualistic components, foundational components where they are value pieces is enormous. Because if you don't value, if you don't see how winter plays an important role, then how are you ever going to let go of something? It's not even part of, you don't have a space for it to happen. And so developing that ritual for releasing for autumn Mm-hmm. And for sitting in the nothingness of winter is uh, allowing yourself and giving yourself the grace to sit in it. And in it's that really sense, good. when I realized for like the breathing, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Yes. And I let it go for a couple of weeks. Right. And it's just you like didn't beat yourself up. Didn't be, because before that, I found myself just like trying to put it in and I was doing it mm-hmm. a little more sporadically than I like. I'm like, you know what? Enough. I'm just stopping it because I need to make this a new relationship. But at this point, I know the value of winter. I'm, I'm okay with that fear. And maybe we should do that next week an episode on fear. Like what is healthy fear when you're completely letting go versus when the fear takes over from the mind and says, you know what? Screw this. Let's skip winter and let's just create something else to do now. And then you don't sink in. You don't transform. You don't sink (laughs) into the seed level. And that's a big one. But Mm. basically, let's just like bring it back to real. We'll do that next week. Yeah. You got it. If we don't do it, that's because... No, we're going to do it. Okay, cool. (laughs) For rituals, there's so many because we didn't even get into what rituals are we trying to establish? What rituals out there? And we would love to hear from everyone out there. Absolutely. What rituals have you had trouble with 
and that you want to bring in. We know so many people focus on weight loss. They focus on exercise, mm-hmm. right? These parts that, yes, what we feed ourselves and exercising are two of the main pillars That's of our primary medicine, right? Mm-hmm. It's where we don't even, we're not outsourcing it. It's something we think, need to do. And I think a sneaky one also is anxiety. It's well, trying to calm down and people can't stick with it. Exercise, as eating, a, a anxiety, Western, worry. As a Western medicine, which I consider critical care medicine, awesome, awesome medicine, but critical care, it's how do we get rid of that anxiety yeah, right. versus wait, where is it showing us? Yeah, I mean, of course. And But the question is, hey, it's showing us that we're disconnected, that we are not maintaining and perpetuating the ritual of our regenerative cycle of life. There's somewhere Absolutely. we're not connecting to who we are or not getting rid of genuine emotion that needs to be released. And that's what this is about. It's like, let's create rituals that, yes, we can get specific about, I want to lose weight. I don't want to have anxiety. But but can we at first establish the baseline ritual, the same as when we were kids and we were taught the baseline hygiene rituals and hopefully socialization rituals? Can we now as adults take over the reins and say, wait, what rituals haven't I learned? Do I really know how to live a consciously connected life? And if I don't, can I put the work in right now to establish that? That will require energy, time, and discipline, and failures like mess ups and coming off track. Can I put that in now so that maybe, you know, if I'm 48, maybe 50 year old Adam gets to reap the benefit? 50 through 100 year old Adam's like, thanks, 48 year old Adam, for taking one for the team, for using our energy, not just for fun and games and distractions. Thanks for putting that work in to establish the next level of ritualization so that I can thrive. Maybe a nice little piece of advice would be shave off 10 minutes a day from your social media or from your TV or from surfing the internet. You're dating yourself. The way you're saying stuff is like, what are these youngsters call it these days? I have brain fog today. (laughs) Take it easy on me. No, for real. Just take shave off 10 minutes a day and replace it with, I don't care, journaling, breathing, meditating. There's a whole spectrum of what you can be Sitting replacing. Sitting in silence. <laughs> well, like when you scan the seasons. Oh, I have a good one. Go for it. Sorry. It's called Abhyanga. Well, I don't know. Abhyanga. I used to only do it on Friday nights and then I just got just out of that. Thing? Yeah. I, I got out of that. Now I've been doing it a little bit more frequently, probably about three times a week now. But it's just warm oil. So depending on Ayurvedic health, what your dosha is, but warm oil mixed with coconut oil. And you just massage your body, put it all over your body, put it in your hair, let it soak in. And then the second part is to take a nice warm, hot shower. So it opens up your pores so it can sink in a little bit deeper. But my goodness, it's so nourishing. So it really is. we'll put that under, let's say, nourishing, right? Like the mm-hmm. harvest part of the cycle and or give yourself a good meal. Or maybe the what you want to do is to just map out your next day, 10 minutes to map out your day. Or maybe what you give that 10 minutes to is just to like go in your car and scream or free or like <laughs> stream of conscious journal or and then burn it like there's or sit in yeah, silence. Right. It's there's always a place if you can scan your cycle from that whole spring, summer, late summer, autumn, winter. Yes, right. There's always something that's being asked for. There's an entry point everywhere. There's going to be something that is being required to get back in the flow of your life. Right. And it may not look like. Remember when we used to jump on? Like We used uh to wait for the perfect moment to jump on. There's always a perfect moment for everybody to jump into this cycle. 
And once you know the different components of a cycle, then all of a sudden it's, if you don't know how to sit still or you don't value sitting still, when it's time to sit still, your mind's going to find something else. It's going to say, no, that can't be good because that's a waste of time. Right. So I really want to actually be efficient with my time. I need to start doing something. And that's the whole point. If you can allow for the full spectrum of a cycle, then it just becomes, can I be honest with myself of what's being asked for? And even if what's being asked for is uncomfortable, like if I finally get the message, like if I'm off, and it's been a week. And in retrospect, I can realize that I've been trying to fix something, trying to like make it better, trying to make it last longer until it gets to the point that I'm like, oh, the cycle's over. Like the growth phase of the cycle is over. Oh man, it's time for autumn. There's no part of me that wants to jump into autumn. <laughs> I know it's the jumping point, but it doesn't feel good. I don't like, like, okay, let's go do this now. No, I have to just be the parent in the room. That's like, here's what's needed. Like, I don't care if you want dessert, it's time for your vegetable. <laughs> it's like, I don't care if you want to have fun. What's being asked for is to release. We're so pent up. We have to surrender. And if you could do that, yes, you start taking out these things that we have in our life that distract us or numb us because we feel lost because we don't know what to do and replace it with what's actually being called for. I mean, that's how you develop rituals. Absolutely. Well said. All right. Good. I mean, yes. So for me, magic seed, so many levels, right? Like how much we want to focus in the microscope to what magnification here. The magic seed, a starting point and a magic seed. Well, first it's on rituals, magic seed for rituals, that if you don't consciously create your rituals, your rituals will create you. Absolutely. You're all doing a ritual. We're all doing rituals. And then you lose control. Right. And then then you spiral. Then you spiral. And life will have to bring you back to balance. Make bad decisions. So right. You will blow up your life in one way or another. You'll self-sabotage. So you can start again. So A, create rituals, right? Right. Healthy rituals. Well, that's the second part. One is realizing that, oh, I need to be creating my rituals consciously. Right. The second one is once you realize it's your job to create the rituals, take stock of your life and realize what rituals are needed and which ones do you want to take in, which ones do you want to let run themselves out and atrophy. Then it's how do I connect to knowing what I want to do and how do I do it from a place of inspiration so I can follow it through because it can't just be while I'm excited about it. It can't just be it's January 1st, I'm going to go work out now. No, no, no. It has to say I'm doing this as a devotional to myself, something that can see you through even when you're not excited about doing it if you believe in establishing that ritual. I know we're bringing this to an end. It does make me think of the law of karma, right? And everybody always misuses karma. And that's their karma and they always use it as a bad thing. But the law of karma is actually just equal balance of energy, right? So if you put in good energy, you're going to get good energy out back. And if you put in not so good energy, you're going to get not so good energy back. So same thing. Think about what needs to come into your life. Bring that in and welcome that, receive that and or put it Mm -hmm. out there first. And then you'll get back what you put out there. Give and receive. But I think there's something to that. I know we have to wrap this up. We do. But there's an expectation there. When you say that, people are like, I'm going to put it out there so I can get something back. And you have to be careful about that. You have to be very careful with that. To me, it's more if you want the big breakthroughs, we can't determine when those breakthroughs happen. In fact, most of the time I forget that a breakthrough is even possible. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm just drudging along in this linear path of my life and just trying and trying and trying and nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. But if I'm doing it as a devotional, I'll I'll maintain it. And that's the point. If you maintain proper direction in your life of putting your energy 
that at some point, seemingly out of the blue, there will be this aha moment, this transformational moment where it's like fruit on a tree. It's like you go in, you're doing your thing. It's like one year, two years, three years, and then maybe the fourth year fruit. If you didn't know that that was going to happen, you're like, why am I doing this? But you just do it. You make sure that if you're going to be going in a direction, be aligned and at peace with why you're doing it. And then you can't account for when you're going to get the fruit, when you're going to get the outcome. So it's really about if you want a certain outcome, stay connected to the why and the ritual that's part of it. And the rest you kind of just leave up to the pollination process. And until next week, nothing but love. If you are enjoying Magic Seeds podcast, spread the love by doing a few things so others can enjoy it as well. Wherever you are listening, Spotify, iTunes, Google, just click on the plus sign. That way you can follow us and not miss an episode. If you would be so gracious to give us an outstanding rating, we'd be forever grateful. And please share an episode or two with a loved one if you think it'll help. This way we can help more people. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can PM Magic Seeds 2023 Instagram, or you can friend us on Magic Seeds Facebook group and PM us there. Thank you so, so much. Nothing but love.